You're listening to your superpowered mind on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that investigates the innate power within your brain to create lasting change. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Maxwell, and you are listening to the Superpowered Mind. We have a very interesting guest today. We are going to be talking to Tatiana Berenday about reclaiming personal power through female sexuality. And Tatiana is the host of the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast. She is a spiritual counselor, an ordained minister through the Center for Sacred Studies, a former doula and midwife, and now loves to work with women, um, especially with mothers, to help them reclaim their feminine power and embrace their sexuality in a profound and healthy way. Tatiana, welcome to Your Superpowered Mind. Thanks so much for having me, Kristen. You're welcome. I'm excited to talk to you and, and uh, learn some of your, um, your wisdom. So my first question is always, what superpower did you discover as a result of mastering your mind? Yeah, I thought this is a really interesting question. And it presupposes that I've mastered my, my mind or assumes that I've mastered my mind, which I don't know that I would actually claim. Um, I may be in the process of that, but, uh, but I, I, I would hesitate to call myself a master of the mind. But I think, you know, my, when I was sitting with this question, the, the answer that came to me was really the realizing that I had choice or that I have choice in every moment in terms of where I direct my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us the listeners might not even know that themselves. So, and it's something that I need to learn and relearn daily, actually. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Um, But I, I think that there is a real... I mean, I've been in the in the process of tracking my thoughts ever since childhood, really. I, I remember laying in bed at night and finding myself thinking something and wondering how I got to that thought, so I would trace my thoughts backwards. So, I've, you know, I've, I've been in, in the study of the mind for a long time. Um, and what I've come to realize over the course of years and life experience is that I have... I have actually choice in terms of how I direct my thinking. A lot of people assume and believe that our thoughts are just are just occurring randomly and we act, we have absolutely no control over them. And that has actually not been my experience. And it's taken me many, many years of meditation and study and, and traveling through all sorts of different wisdom traditions to come to a place of realizing that I actually can stop myself if I find myself going on a negative thought spiral. I can stop and I can redirect the way that I think and what I'm thinking about and what I'm doing in the moment. Um, and it's a practice, and, I, and I, I do not claim to have mastered it, but I do know that it's possible. And I do know that the, it, the effects of that are incredibly powerful on, have been on my life and on, on my clients' lives as well. Yes, I am so with you there. I, um, I as some people know, I had terrible anxiety 
um, for decades, really, I would have said I, I was very anxious, whatever. I identified with that. And to learn eventually that I could actually train my mind and choose a different way of thinking and choosing it consciously again and again and again and again till actually it happened automatically. Mm-hmm. And it was, it literally, I have called it a miracle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels like a miracle and how mm-hmm. the quality of my life has changed. So thank you for uh, let, you know, calling that out. Yeah. Because I think a lot of us feel very trapped Absolutely. in our thoughts. Yes. And, and we're not as trapped as we think. It just, it does take work and it does take tremendous effort and desire to retrain and repattern the way that we think. Yes. And for me, it always helps me and with some of my clients who are, um, you know, more in the, the present physical is to think about it as working on a muscle. Like mm-hmm. you're literally just strengthening a different muscle. It just Absolutely. happens to be when you can't see inside your head. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So what, one of the things that I am really eager to talk to you about today is, is the what kind of work that you do with people in terms of reclaiming feminine power and working around the divine feminine. Because first of all, can you even explain to us what do you mean, and this might seem very elementary to you, but what do you mean by the divine feminine and by feminine power? You know, I love that you asked that question because I actually had that same question come up when you just said that. Of like, it, And it's funny because I am so inside of this work and yet just where I'm at in my own evolutionary process, I'm sort of questioning everything of that kind of a nature right now. So, so of course, you would ask me that <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you know the way that I have, well, and the great thing is you don't have to have. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't. You have don't to have to have a great answer. Yeah, um, right. But the way that I have been relating to the divine feminine is just through this understanding of you know for for many many years historically, um, you know we can we can look at sort of the the oppression of women over the course of history and this this process of reclaiming the divine feminine is, is accessing this innate part of ourselves, this innate aspect of, of being a woman that has kind of been uh, usurped in the process of, of historical oppression, right? So, so that's, that's sort of how I have been relating to my understanding of the divine feminine is really getting us back in touch with with our, with our bodies, with our wounds, with our ability to create life, with our connection to the earth and abundance and fertility and that, that whole aspect of, of life. Um, and then, of course, there's also the, the more yielding side of, of the nature. There's, there's the, the willingness to sit in stillness. There's the willingness to, to stop and slow down um, and connect with a more natural rhythm. I mean, that's been... that's sort of like a really long circuitous answer for, for how I've been relating to divine feminine in my work thus far. Wow. That is that it almost even the, it's almost soothing to hear you describe it. It Mm -hmm. feels um, very connected and natural just, just to hear you say that. And I, um, we're going to have to take a quick break right now. Um, But when we do come back, I'm, really going to be very curious about um, 
how you work with people and what you suggest about reclaiming personal power through female sexuality, because that's interesting to us. Um, Before we go, can you tell people where they can learn more about you, Tatiana? Absolutely. They can, um, they can learn more about me through the sex, love and superpowers show, which is on iTunes through the superpower up podcast. They can go to superpowerexperts.com and they can find out more about me there. Uh, they can also go to tatianaberenday.com, which will take them directly to my page on the Superpower Experts website. Great. And you're, we'll have that in your notes because trying to spell your name is, is not the simplest. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. So that, that link will just Okay. Be we'll I mean, we'll be back. Want. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Thanks. We'll be back in a moment. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking to Tatiana Berende about reclaiming your personal feminine power through sexuality. And Tatiana, I guess one of my my first um, thoughts when I think about that is, you know, just on a day-to-day level or in a being inside your body and living in the world, what does feminine power look like or feel? Yeah, I, I think I, think feel I like- can't. Oops, there you are. Yeah, yeah. I, some, something weird just happened with the the connection. But what I heard you ask was, you know, what does feminine power look like or feel like from the day to day? Um, Yes. And I think feel like is really a better question than look like, because we're Mm -hmm. so, we're so image oriented in our culture, especially as women, um, that I kind of really am, I, I don't want women to have an image of what that is supposed to look like. Um, and, and really a lot of the work that I do with my clients is what does that feel like from the inside out? Because if you're embodying it from the inside out, it will look like people will notice, you know, mm-hmm. it, they will say, wow, you're like super embodied. They, there's, there's a thing that happens when you are in relationship with someone who is in their body, right? Um, mm-hmm. But so many of us, men and women, but of course, you know, we're talking about feminine power talking and feminine power doesn't just exist in women, by the way, in women bodies. Um, I really do think that, that the divine feminine and divine masculine are energetics that all of us um, have within us. So I just want to clarify that. And, and I have, you know, a woman's body. And so that's the, that's the body that I've gotten to know this, uh, this work through. And that's the body that I tend to support as other women's bodies. And that's been, you know, the bulk of my practice. Um, but we all have that divine feminine energetic within us. 
So, but as women, you know, a lot of us, it's one in four women have suffered um, some form of sexual abuse. And so to be inside of the body is actually unsafe for, for a lot of, a lot of women. Um, And getting comfortable with being in the body. And also I want to say like whether or not we've, we've suffered sexual abuse, there can be a discomfort in fully inhabiting the body as women because of all of the media images that we've been subject to. And because we've been encouraged to be so um, externally focused in our presentation and mm-hmm. that, that it's like, I care more about what my face looks like than how incredibly painful and uncomfortable my body is wearing these shoes and how it's screaming at me right now. And I actually, if I was to fully be in my body, I wouldn't wear shoes like this, you know? Um, mm-hmm. There's so, so there's this, how does it feel to inhabit this sacred vessel? How does it feel to be in awareness of breath, in awareness of the pelvic bowl, in awareness of feet? And to to just acknowledge, I have a body and here it is. And I can touch it and I can be inside of it and I can inhabit it. And and for you know, for a lot of people, that's actually that's a lot of work. Because Mm -hmm. at some point in their journey, it was safer to not be in the body. So that's a lot of the work that I do with my clients. Um, it's just how do how do we be how do we be in in this in this vessel and be comfortable? Right. And I would suspect that there's a whole level of work that you do, just um, helping people to feel like what it is to be really inhabiting their body, and then by themselves. Yeah. And then. Um, the whole process about how to ha- inhabit it when you then go out into the world. Yes. How do you maintain that? Yes. Yeah. Because that's a whole. That's always a whole new level of expertise. It's easier to do it when we're by ourselves, mm-hmm. <laughs> away from the challenges of the world. Absolutely. All and right. that's still, and that's still a practice for me. Like I'm going to be totally honest with that. I have not mastered that one yet. I'm in. Right. I'm in the process of that. I'm in the practice of it. And so I'm very yes. attuned to what that practice is, which is why I'm so good at what I do with my clients because I know how, ta- how challenging it is. And, I can, yes. and, I'm, and I'm a student of that process. And so I can speak directly to what someone goes through and what my experience has been of the, when I am successful at that, what that looks like and wow. how to get there. Yeah, that's really interesting because... I mean, I would say that I've always felt very comfortable in my body and I was not very comfortable in my head and in my mind. Mm. So that, so that was because it was so torturous at times. Mm. Um, So this is, it's very interesting. I love um, this perspective and it's also just an awakening of, have I actually really thought to really be in my body, you know, in my toes and in my womb. Mm So I love that. What, if you have, um, you know, for our listeners, I always love to, to give them some practice or tool or question that they can take themselves to, to get a feeling of what this feels like or 
um, what your work is like, what's a tip that you could suggest for them to, to try to, to feel what it's like to be in their body? Well, I, the breath is my favorite tool. Um, the breath and the earth. I'll say I have two favorite tools. Um, and so to, to really take your shoes off and go stand barefoot on the earth and to breathe into your belly and to direct that breath down into your feet and bring awareness to your feet touching the earth and awareness of your breath in your belly, that is a huge process for some people and a revolutionary one if you are someone who has not been connected to your breath or your feet or your body or the earth. Um, it sounds very simple because it is, and yet it's very profound. Even if, it, if even if you are someone who is connected, that's like one of the simplest and most profound practices I think mm-hmm. that exists. That, it sounds, um, it's beautiful. I do know that you know, living in Southern California, we get a lot of sun. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I love the feeling of going outside and just for a few minutes, just sitting there and fe- feeling the wind, you know, the breeze, the air, just feeling what it feels like to be touching the world with my skin. Yeah. And it's um, very, very, very relaxing. And there's something about grounding. I will say there's something about feet, like getting your feet on the earth. Because of course, you know, you're someone who studies the mind and you've been in this. So of course the wind would be appealing to you, you know, and and that is, that's more of that element, right? But to be in the body, to be on the earth, in the body, the feet are like such a crucial part of that. I love that. Thank you so much for pointing that out to me. This is why it's so good to have other people um, talk to you because I would have thought, yeah, it is. I would have thought, look, I'm outside. I'm feeling it outside with my skin and without realizing there is something about being grounded in the earth. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing. So what about um, you help women also embrace their sexuality? Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? Again, I'm sorry. I, (laughs) I always ask, what do you mean? by that um well i think that and that's a whole that's a whole can of worms to open up yes i'm sure like a really (laughs) multifaceted conversation that could go on for months um Mm -hmm. and it's multi-layered and for me really like getting someone back in their body is like it's that's the first step because a lot of us have had a really unhealthy relationship with sex, right? Our culture mm-hmm. does not promote healthy sexuality, period, for anyone. Right. We have one of the most sexually perverse cultures on the planet, in my opinion. Um, and, and so there is a lot to untangle, both in our physiology and in our psychology, around how, how do we enter into relationship with this hugely important central aspect of life in a healthy way. Um, and it looks different for everybody based on where they are in their journey and relationship to it. So I can't really say like there is a scripted path 
for what that looks like for a person because it really depends on who I'm working with. And I don't work on sexuality with all of my clients. That's not, that's not the focus with everyone that I work with. But there are some people where that is a focus and, and it is a piece that we need to look at. And it, it just it manifests differently for different people. So I'm, I'm sorry, I can't give you like a blanket, like this is how it works because it's so individual. And at the same time, there are these key layers that need to be unpacked around our relationship to our bodies, our relationship to sexuality, our relationship to, you know, what does sex mean to us? you know, what, how we use it or have historically used it in our lives. And that's, it's like so path specific, depending on the person. That's exactly what I wanted to know. Just (laughs) sort of an understanding. Um, You know, there is so little conversation really truly about sexuality. Mm -hmm. So I'm coming at it to saying the things we look at and that, uh, that is perfect. Yeah. And there are definitely to understand. I mean, there I, I can see how, is it, is it something? Sorry. Um, I think my internet connection isn't the greatest right now, but I was just saying there, there are definitely themes that are, that are recurrent. Um, mm-hmm. But you had another question. Is it something? And then you stopped yourself. So well, no, that, that, that's okay. I, um, I, I just, uh, I wonder when people come to you with wanting to be in their bodies more, is it something often where they are, um, do you often will say, look, we need to look at your sexuality? Is that something that comes up or do they usually come to you and say, I'm realizing I have, you know, I'm feeling disconnected or unwhole in that way? It's been both. Um, I've had people who are very aware of that and they come to me specifically for that purpose and that's what we work on. And I have other people who've come to me because their businesses aren't going the way that they want them to. Um, or they're feeling somehow disconnected to some aspect of themselves. And that inevitably comes up as part of the process in the uncovering. Because right. it is, it is, I mean, if we're talking about like the chakra system, it's foundational. Mm-hmm. It's, it's right. connected to survival. It's connected to, you know, that whole arena of life. And so it, yes. uh, it deserves attention. And, you know, when we talk about relationships, I do a lot of relationship work. Sex is, is in there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's funny, even with working with my own clients, is if we're working with different parts of their lives, a lot of times they don't necessarily want to work on the sex part of it or their sexuality or their relationships even though it's one of the areas that is most out of whack. <laughs> well, here's what I've found is that if you can address it between the sheets, you can address it anywhere. Wow. So tell, tell us more about that. What do because you it's, it's kind of like the final frontier. It's like people will have worked out their, their you know, dynamics and all of these other aspects of life, and yet there's still this dysfunction in the sexual arena. Or it's still playing right. out somehow in their intimate partnerships. Right. 
you Which know, are some. If it exists in one aspect of your life, chances are it exists in lots of other aspects of your life. And because, because of the intimate nature of sex and because it is so vulnerable, if you can do the work in the bedroom, it ripples out in a really powerful way. Wow. Yes. And sometimes it's often with obviously your, your most intimate relationship there. So even starting from that. So it's going into getting to know yourself. That's right. And sharing yourself and being vulnerable. I can yeah. see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, powerful. pleasure. Like what's your, what's your bliss tolerance? Right? Wow. Right. What's your, what's your bliss tolerance? That's a question I have never asked myself. <laughs> huh. Right. And bliss. And, and as you ask that, I, I think there are almost even most to a certain level of happiness in our life. Like sort of, like I'm going to watch out about this or keep myself guarded here. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. I like that. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I, th- we only have a couple more minutes left. I um, noticed that you, you um, had ministry training. So what was in all of that? What was involved in my ministry training? Yeah, and sort of the center. What is the Center for Sacred mm-hmm. Studies? So the Center for Sacred Studies is a, a nonprofit religious organization that is based in indigenous and earth-based ways of prayer and ceremony, um, and and really it runs under the principles of reciprocity with the earth and all of her beings. So a lot of my my work. And my study has been with different indigenous elders from tribes around the world. Um, and I've spent a lot of time, pretty, a lot of time throughout the course of my entire adult life in ceremony, um, in traditional ceremonies. I've been very blessed and I, I, I actively sought that out for years. I was kind of like, you know, some people are sort of seminar junkies and I was a ceremony junkie. I was <laughs> going from ceremony to ceremony to ceremony wherever I could get that because it was the, the first and only place that I found a, a level of connection with something greater than myself in a way that made sense to me um, and made sense to my whole being. And so when I, when, I, when I found the Center for Sacred Studies and I found that the, the women who run the ministry program are trained up in certain really traditional lines, um, I, was, I was drawn to that. Um, and at the time, I was in birth work and I had also experienced some really intense deaths in my family. And so... Um, so it made sense to have that ministerial component um, navigating in, in those terrains and in, in those realms. Um, in terms of like the bulk of what that, wow. yes. what that training so, was, it was two year long process. Um, is mainly online, but there's also in-person components and I had a mentor and everything. And I've actually since then been a mentor for that program for two different graduating classes. And 
um, it's a very rich program. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, it sounds beautiful. So how do you get your ceremony fixed now? I still go to ceremony. <laughs> yeah. I still, I still have ceremony community. Um, it has ebbed and flowed and changed over the years, but I still have some elders that I work with that I've worked with for many years. Um, I, you know, I was, I traveled to Colombia in February to, to support a friend's vision quest down there. Uh, you know, I, I st- I'm still very involved in ceremony and I, I run my own ceremonies. Um, obviously not in like, I don't, I don't have a tradition that I am, that has been passed on to me that it's a line that I'm carrying in a traditional way, but I, but I am in a space Mm -hmm. of being able to create ceremony for people, for groups. I've done that. Um, I've done that over the last couple of years on the land that I live on. So it's just kind of something I weave into my life. Um, yeah. And and it, it is a bedrock for me. Yes, that's beautiful. Um, that is not not something that I think a lot of people, at least in the United States, um, is aware of, you know, or has the opportunity to um, connect to without really consciously seeking it out. Yeah. And it's tricky now. Um, I think I, I was, I was really blessed in the, in the, the timing of things because, you know, right now the climate that we're in, in the United States, there's, there's a real strong, um, you know, political undercurrent when it comes to race. And a lot of the, a lot of the peoples who are holding these traditional ceremonies are indigenous peoples. And, and, um, and there's a lot there's a lot in that dynamic as a white woman going into these ceremonies. Um, and, and I think that it's actually a little bit harder to enter into that world now than it was when I, when I started on my path. And I, and I also, I've just, I've been very blessed and very guided in that process to find um, individuals and communities that would embrace me and that, that, that saw me and that are, you know, just like really heart connected communities and and elders who are who are holding these lineages that are i mean they're just they're really incredible um and profound to be able to have the opportunity to to interact with these people and to learn from them and to study with them and to pray with them you know but yeah you have to want it you have to really seek it out and you have to show up for it um it's not just something you can say like okay i've paid for this program you know it's like that's it's a different way Right. Yeah, you really have to be seeking. I know I was wondering, I mean, I guess, do we have that sort of, you know, um, communities here where they have the line and the lineage um, where they're passing it down, you know, the knowledge here in the United States? Well, in Native, you say? in North America, yeah. I mean, the the indigenous people of of Turtle Island of North America. There's a lot of of lineage holders. There's a. I mean, the okay. the native people are still here. They're still alive. There's they they still have voices, and and a lot of those voices are really angry because of the history of what's happened in this country. Um, but they are still holding their lines of prayer, and they're and they've they've held them very closely because of everything that's been. I mean, there it was until 1976. It was illegal legal for the native people of North America in the United States to practice 
practice their ceremonies, to practice their religions. So wow. they had to go underground with them. They had to hold them very closely. They had to protect them. They had to be wary to keep what they knew as sacred alive for their children and for their grandchildren um, so that it could continue. So there, you know, there's, one needs to have some awareness and sensitivity around all of that. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. And we, you know, as, as European descendants, um, you know, our ancestors had those ways too, but mm-hmm. that got wiped out a long time ago. And that's, you know, just a circle back around to the reclaiming of the divine feminine. I mean, in during the Inquisition in Europe, there were 9 million people, primarily women, who were killed over the course of a couple hundred years um, for, for, for carrying these practices, for knowing how to use plant medicines, for knowing how to birth babies, um, for, for holding these sacred ways uh, and these these connections to this earth wisdom and star wisdom that that mm-hmm. some of these north and south american lineages have been able to hold on to um that got there there are some european lineages that are starting to reclaim that but a lot of that got completely annihilated or absorbed into the church right right last oh it's really t- it's um i would love to to learn more of everything what you what you know about all of this, because this is also not necessarily what we're um, taught in our typical um, American history. And, not in the history books. You know, international yeah. history courses. <laughs> nope. Yeah. No, and so and this is this is what I think we all need to know. So thank you for definitely going to go um, and learn a little bit more about that. So much, Tatiana, yeah, for sure. for being here today um, and sharing your um, your your breadth of wisdom and and um, and so many so many ways. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thank you for having and, me on and for asking some really good questions. Well, thank you. And before we leave again, do you want to just remind them again where they can find you and learn more about you and your um, and your fascinating work and absolutely and they, everything? They can go to tatianaberende.com, which is T-A-T-I-A-N-A-B-E-R-I-N-D-E-I.com. Uh, which takes them right to my page on the Superpower Experts website, or they can go to superpowerexperts.com, look under Experts and Coaches and find me there. And of course, there's the podcast. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yes, excellent. (laughs) Love and superpowers. Yeah. So everybody listening, thank you again for being curious to um, everybody's they've learned today and remember to go our feet and reconnect with and scan the, the body that is birth. from now until later go out and remember that you do hold the power to change and transform tr- Are you ready to discover your superpowers? 
Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.